from Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Ben Orloff, Mr. Dollar, at Continental Insurance Company in New York. Oh, yes, Mr. Orloff. What can I do for you? Did you ever hear of a place called Virtue? Are you kidding? I'm very serious. Oh, wait a minute. Virtue, South Carolina? That's right. You, uh, want me to go down there? Yes, if you will. <laughs> do you have a bulletproof vest and a couple of extra handguns I can take along? Well, my one suggestion would be that you do not take along any firearms. After all, ex-gangster... Yeah, I see what you mean. All right, what do you want me to do? Our representative has his office in Georgetown. He can give you the whole story. His name is Joseph Pigatello. Got it, Joseph Pigatello. Smokey Pigatello? The guy whose name was linked with Murder Incorporated a few years back? Yes, Dollar Joe Smokey Pigatello. You, uh, sure you want this assignment? Well, I'll tell you this, Mr. Orloff. Yes? If you don't have to pay off on my insurance policy before I'm through... Well, mister, this is going to cost you a whopping big expense account. Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Continental Insurance Company, Georgetown, South Carolina office. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Village of Virtue matter. Expense account item one, $47 even, transportation and all the incidentals I could think of, Hartford, Connecticut to Georgetown, South Carolina. Item two, a dollar for a cab to Continental's office on Screven Street. Hi, Dollar. I'm Joe Pigatello. Uh, glad to see you. Sit down. Thanks. Now, look, Joe, before we go into this matter, there's something I'd like to know. <laughs> sure, pal. Ask it. Just what are you doing in the insurance business? Look, you remember back in New York just before Tom Dewey took over as DA? The great holy racket buster? Yeah, and I'm sure you do. Okay. Well, I was just a young punk then, but I was a bright one. Ambitious, you know. Finished up my high school, started taking law. You studied law? Why not? I could have cleaned up. You know, mouthpiece for some of the mob, some of the boys I knocked around with. But then Dewey came along, broke up the rackets, so I gave it up. To do what, Joe? Oh, you know, this and that. Chicago for a while with some of the boys Al Capone left behind. And down near the border at San Diego for a while. Smuggling and then... narcotics across from Mexico? Then some of us tried Las Vegas, but we didn't get any... What was that crack? Well... Listen, I'm clean. You make a crack like that, you can prove it, okay. If you can't, don't say it. You were telling me how you got into the insurance business. All right. When I'm taking you on this case, don't talk like that. The gents I deal with don't like it. And don't forget, whatever you think about them, you could also be wrong. Okay, Joe. Two kinds of wrong, Dollar. Just plain wrong and dead wrong. You see what I mean? All right, as I was saying, uh, how I got in this insurance racket. As you were saying. Well, some of the boys from New York and Chicago went around did pretty good. Instead of blowing all that dough on booze and dames and big times, they were smart. They leased an old plantation up in the valley north of here on the P.D. River. The old Caraway Plantation. It's right next to the town of Virtue. Great name for a hideout, I'll say that. I didn't say hideout, Dollar. It was just a nice, quiet place where they could live it up in a nice, quiet way. And at the same time, they wouldn't have any cops around their neck. No police in Virtue? <laughs> Nobody but old Polly Caraway. 
Anyhow, after six, eight months of taking it easy, mint juleps and hunting and fishing instead of being on the lamb all the time, well, Johnny, you wouldn't believe it. What do you mean? Well, they all settled down there to spend the rest of their life. They all went respectable. Every last one of them. You sure of that? Well, it's been 20 years now. Can you be any more sure than that? I don't know. But uh, go on with what you were saying. All right. I-, I got an idea. I signed up with this little insurance company. Then I went up to Virtue and made the pitch. They're all respectable now, and they got to make like respectable people and cover themselves with a lot of insurance. And it worked? <laughs> you remember Lefty Stemper? The old-time numbers king for Chicago? Right. Bookies, slot machines, everything. Oh, pal of mine. So when he told the rest he was buying insurance, well, Johnny, I got policies on every one of them. The rest of the town, too. On their life, their homes, everything. Okay, now let's get to the point. What's happened up there in virtue? Trouble, Johnny. Old man Carraway for me. What kind of trouble? Well, 20 years now, the boys and the people in virtue have been getting along fine. The boys have been behaving themselves, and the, the people in town are all nice people. Until a couple of weeks ago. What happened? Bully Magoon had himself a nice little fishing boat. Had it ever since he went straight and moved in up there. 20 years ago. Now somebody stole it. Well, why don't you just pay off his claim and forget it? Listen, a couple of days after that, Mr. Avery, that runs the general store in Virtue, had his boat stolen. So you'll have to pay another claim. But small ones, Joe. Look, will you listen? Ever since then, not a day has gone by that somebody hasn't had something stolen from him. Mostly the people in Virtue. Boats, cars, money, furniture, anything you can think of. The people blame the boys, and the boys blame the people. And, Johnny, there's going to be a civil war in virtue unless somebody finds out who's doing this. And if that happens, there's going to be a lot of killing, and, well, with all the insurance I've sold, me and the company are going to be in trouble. Well, can't you get the state police to come in? State police? Invite you? You said it's a real respectable community now. Yeah, sure it is, but, well, dragging them in might really start things off. That's why I had to send for you. <sighs> Look, why don't we go up there so I can see for myself? <laughs> sure, Johnny, sure, but... Hey, uh, open your coat. What? I mean, if you're going to take along that lemon squeezer, well, take my advice and don't. <laughs> you have a pretty sharp eye, Joe. Johnny, boy, I can spot a shoulder holster a mile away. But so can some of the boys up in the valley on the plantation. And I don't want you to end up with a slug between your eyes. Real respectable people. Well, uh, shall we go? Uh, my car's outside. Into the valley of death rode the 600. Huh? At least a couple of them. What are you talking about? Uh, nothing, Joe. Let's go. Act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Our flag now numbers 50 stars, and behind each star, there stands yet another flag representing one of the 50 states. Florida state flag bears the Red Cross of St. Andrew in sympathy with the flag of the Confederacy on a field of white. Centered over the cross is the state seal. Within a golden circle, the sun, an emblem of glory and splendor representing absolute authority, peers over a highland in the distance. Flowers, a symbol of hope and joy, are scattered by an Indian maiden, indicative of the Indian influence within the state. Centered is the cocoa or palm tree, an emblem of victory, justice, and royal honor. Florida state flag, the flag of the 27th state to enter the Union was adopted in 1900. And now, Act Two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Village of Virtue Matter. Joe Pigatello, erstwhile gangster turned insurance agent, led me out to his car and we headed north out of Georgetown, South Carolina. After 20 miles or so, we swung onto a side road paralleling the PD River. Then finally, we came to the old Caraway Plantation. 
Acres and acres of huge old live oak trees festooned with Spanish moss. Flowers, millions of them. Azaleas, iris, roses, rhododendron bushes aflame with color in the afternoon sun. Then, at the end of a broad, tree-lined path, the fine old colonial mansion with its towering pillars. The property faced the curving, lazy yellow river. And lying across it was a broad expanse of marshy grass, crisscrossed here and there by canals, through which the slaves in olden times hauled the rice crop to the riverboats. Yeah, it was a beautiful spot. A calm, quiet, peaceful spot, apparently. Well, here we are, Johnny. Let's go in to see if anybody... What? Hey, hey, hold it, hold it, you punks! It's me, Smokey! Smokey! Who else? Put those guns away! You want to get in trouble? Don't you guys know no better to come barging in this way without letting us know you're coming? Come on, Johnny. Sure. Nice, peaceful spot, huh? Who's that you got with you, Smokey? Boys, this is Johnny Dollar. He's from the insurance company. Uh, Johnny, uh, this is Bo Magoon. Yeah, hi. And uh, this is Lefty Stemper. Hiya. Johnny Dollar, huh? And the shrimp there is Flippy Lackovich. Hiya, Johnny. I'm pleased to meet you. What? That's away, Flippy. Hey, what did uh, you bring here, Smokey? Your dick or something? Yeah, Dollar. What's the idea of packing a ride? All right, all right. Let him go, you guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, he's on our side. He's up here to find the stuff that's been stolen. Yeah. We don't need no outside help. Oh, you've uh, found who's behind the thefts, huh, Lefty? No. If it's any of your business, it's my th- business. You're interrupting me. Yeah, Dollar, shut up. I say we'll find out who's coming over here from virtue and taking our stuff ourselves. And when we do, we'll eliminate them. Right back to the old days, huh? If we got to, to protect our rights. How about letting me have my gun? Well? Here, yeah, Flippy, he wants his gun. <laughs> <laughs> you make a move to Dollar and I'll flip you so fast Oh, you mean like this? Hey, 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 it's Flippy got flipped. Attaboy, Johnny. Yeah, the shrimp finally got it. Hey, Johnny Dolly, you're okay. Anybody else want to get smart? Uh, He he caught me off of guard. Expert, have Flippy. Well, you ain't any more. Now, Lefty, I'll take my gun. Oh, Oh, sure, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're okay, Johnny. Dollar. All right, now let's get things straight. I'm not the cops, but I'll drag them in if necessary. Oh, no, listen. You listen. I'm going to try to stop what's going on around here, and if any one of you interferes, I'll have you locked up so fast you won't know what's happened to you. No, no, wait a minute. Now listen to me, will you, Dollar? Well? Look, I, I guess we're all kind of shaky. You know, we're... <clears throat> well, we, we're sort of somewhat upset by the events of the past couple of weeks or two. You know what I mean? Lefty, Joe told me that if the burglaries, robberies, whatever they are, go on much longer, there's liable to be a war between you and the people of the town. Well, you ain't worried, no. We got enough guns and ammo stashed away around this. Shut up, Bull. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, Lefty, sure. I'm sure you have. But if you ever expect to make peace again with the townspeople, if you expect to stay on here... We got at least 15 years to go. Shut up. Okay. All right, look... All we got here is our uh, hunting rifles and we're shotguns and uh, a couple of pistols. In case of a snake, you know, while we're hunting or fishing here in the swamps. <clears throat> a lot of cottonmouths around here, you know. Yeah, that's a fact, Johnny. The point is, I didn't come here without providing for any and every exigency. Uh, what's that mean? Oh, boy, what a dope. <clears throat> it means if anything happens to him, we're dead. Now, uh, ain't that... Excuse me. Uh, isn't that right, Dollar? Right. You see? Now, give me a hand, cooperate with me, and maybe we can clear this thing up. 
Don't. And I have only one alternative. What's that mean? Shut up. And that's to have you legally ousted from here, out of the state if necessary. Oh, now, look, Dollar. We'll cooperate. Now, I don't mind telling you, we love this place. Look, it's the only real home we got. Flippy and Sadie, we got Bull and Mary and me and Nora. Maybe, maybe we got records, all right. Uh, some of us maybe did time for some of the little jobs we pulled, huh? But we've been playing it straight since we come here all along the line. It's like I told you, Johnny. Yeah, honest. Look, that's the way we want to keep it. If the people in virtue will just leave us keep it that way. And, and you know something? I, I don't get it. Don't get what, Lefty? Well, over 20 years, everything's been nice and okay, huh? Now they got to start this. What about the losses they've suffered? They ask me, Dollar, they're phonies to cover up for robbing our stuff. Nobody asked you. Oh. Maybe they think the same way about your losses. Huh? Say. Yeah. Now, where's the owner of this place, uh, Carraway? Oh, yeah, he's over in Virtue at his office. Office? Sure, he's a mayor and a police. All right. Joe and I are going over to see him. Now, now, Johnny... Oh, no, uh... Smokey, will you please don't go? They see you guys coming from here, they're going to take a shot at you. That Carraway told me so. Yeah. Sure. We'll take that chance. Come on, Joe. Well, uh, I'll tell you, Johnny. Tell I... me along the way. Come on. The more I thought about the whole thing, the sillier it all seemed. Yet it was obvious that even after 20 years, Lefty and Bull and Flippy might think of only one way to settle their problems, with a gun. And if the people of virtue were feeling the same way. But as Joe and I walked along the main, the only street of the little town, there were no signs of hostility or even suspicion toward us. Now, now look, Johnny. If those bums back at the plantation are making this trouble... Why? Why would they, Joe? Well, that's what I don't get. But what if they don't like your interfering and decide to knock you off? Then I'll probably go to my grave unmourned, unremembered. Yeah, but you told Lefty you'd provided for every exigent... For, well, for if anything should happen to you. Yeah, and he and the boys believed it. And if anything does, the... Huh? Yeah. All I can hope is that they keep on believing. Act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Sometimes a quotation is a helpful thing because it points out some wisdom that helps us to lead better lives. Here's one that struck me as being very wise and true. Dr. Samuel Johnson, that wise and witty man immortalized by Boswell, said, quote, It matters not how a man dies, but how he lives, unquote. A man's life may be long or short, but the way he lives it is the important thing. It's important, no matter what he does, that he have integrity, loyalty, and honor, and a sound code of conduct. Enlisting at the age of 17 with his parents' permission, Corporal Charles L. Gilliland found himself soon after his 18th birthday in a narrow defile in the middle of the treacherous rocky terrain of Tongmangni, Korea. At 2.30 a.m. that moonlit morning of April 25, 1951, Corporal Gilliland's army unit, Company I, 7th Infantry Regimental Combat Team of the 3rd Division, became the focal point of a murderous assault from Chinese communist forces. The fighting became brutal and bloody. The brunt of the attack was directed up the defile guarded by Gilliland with his automatic rifle. The slashing barrage of small arms, automatic weapons, mortar and artillery fire was dropping the men all around him. Gilliland faced the full force of the assault and advancing against tremendous odds, poured a steady fire into the attacking forces 
and eventually halted him. For valiant and heroic conduct, Corporal Charles Gilliland was awarded the Medal of Honor. Although in age, he still may have been considered a boy, he had lived and died like a man. And now, Act Three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Village of Virtue Matters. Joe Pigatello and I walked the main street of Virtue, South Carolina, unmolested, virtually unnoticed. And we found the mayor, Parley Carraway, in the little shack that served for an office. I'm also the police chief, Mr. Dollar. Don't you forget that, sir. And you found no clue as to who has been committing the robberies? No, sir. None whatsoever. But who else would do it? They're all three of them ex-gangsters. Sure. Ex-gangsters. Why, Mr. Carraway? Why would these men suddenly want to make trouble with their friends, your townspeople? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Unless, of course, they think they can take over the way they used to take over gangs in the old days. After 20 years of a happy relationship? Mr. Carraway, they never made a bit of trouble in all that time. I know it. I know it. But the fact remains that unless this trouble stops... After all, Virtue was here long before they came. Unless it stops, I say, I shall have to break their lease and make them leave the plantation. Oh, they pay you pretty well for it, huh? Enough to keep it in good repair. And... Hey, that's a beautiful ring you're wearing. Huh? Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Two and a half carat diamonds, sir. Yeah. And is that your nice new car out front? Yeah, it certainly is. Ain't it pretty? About $8,000, pretty. Yeah. Hey, didn't you have a new one last year, too, Mr. Carraway? Of course. I try to have one every year. But now, gentlemen... Tell me one thing, Mr. Carraway. Uh, yes, sir? If you really think the robberies around here are going to cause so much trouble... Oh, I do. I do. That's why I contacted uh, Mr. Picatello. Well, why haven't you called in the state police? Because I am the mayor of Virtue. I'm the police department. And I can take care of these things myself. And now that you gentlemen have witnessed the bad blood between these gangsters and the people of the town... Well, sir, I'm going to throw them off that plantation. In spite of all the money they've been paying you? Yes, sir, and I'm sure you gentlemen will back me up in... Uh, all the money, did you say? Enough to keep you well-dressed, well-fed, and fancy cars. And then now, look here, sir. Do you realize how much that property will bring? Well, now, that depends. How much have you been offered? I'll tell you how much. 124000 ah. How did you know? You just told me. Well, now, listen. You also it? told me why you've been robbing the people of virtue and those men at the plantation to stir up bad feeling, uh, give you an excuse to get them out. What? Johnny, you're right. Uh, now, just... just Tear away if I do call in the state police. It'll be to have you locked up. No. And if Joe here has any sense, he'll tell the insurance company to bring charges of fraud against you. You said it. Oh, but the money. Think of all the money I could make selling the old place. Now, where's the stuff that's been stolen? It hasn't been harmed. It's stored away, carefully stored away. I was going to give it back when, when those men left, and, and I could sell the place. Give them their stuff, too? Well, I'd make up for it in cash, every cent of it in cash, yes. I'd, I'd say it was for breaking the lease. Truly, Mr. Dollar. Now, you listen, you old money-grubbing crook. You're in trouble. You... you call in the state police? You bet I will. Unless... Unless what, sir? First, you lay off the plantation. You've leased it to those men. Let them have it. And return all the stuff you stole. Oh, but if they find out... Well, you figured how to get it away from them. Now figure out how to get it back. Discover it, anything you like. Well, the point is that if you don't get it back, I'll tell them where it is. Oh. And you know what that'll mean. Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Dollar. I'll get it back. Also respect that lease. I believe it has 15 more years to run. Yes, sir, it has. I will. Okay. I... Do all this and Joe and I will forget the whole thing. But if you don't, 
And Joe will be checking on you. You said it. Oh, but I will, I will, Mr. Dollar. I promise you I'll okay. get right on the... Come on, Joe. Let's go back to the plantation and have a drink with some respectable citizens. Yeah, this insurance business really has some funny ones. And I guess it's the funny ones that balance out the bad, the tragic cases. Anyhow, I like it. Expense account total, including the trip back to Hartford. Uh, call it a hundred bucks even. And in view of our little, uh, secret, Joe, well, maybe you'd better pay it out of petty cash. And listen, those pals of yours, you better drop in on them now and then to make sure they do stay on the straight and narrow, as well as that old coot caraway. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. star will return in just a moment. Our flag now numbers 50 stars, and behind each star there stands yet another flag representing one of the 50 states. Michigan's state flag was born on February 22, 1837. Because of the strategic role played by Michigan in the War of 1812, the word to a I will defend, is prominent on the blue flag of Michigan. Beneath it, a rising sun casts its rays over a lake, and a man standing on a peninsula with his right hand raised, symbolizing peace, while in his left hand he holds a gun, indicating that although they love peace, the people of Michigan are ready to defend their state and nation. Another motto, the state's official one, is at the base of the flag. See Quiris Peninsulum Emonum Circumspice. If you seek a pleasant peninsula... Look about you. Thus does Michigan's flag carry its own invitation to visit one of America's scenic areas. Michigan state flag, the flag of the 26th state to enter the Union, was adopted on August 1st, 1911. Now, here's our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, a strange series of fires. And believe me, the reason for them is a strange one, too. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, originates in Hollywood and is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone, who also wrote today's story. Heard in our cast were Frank Nelson, Billy Hallop, Jack Crucian, Peter Leeds, Gil Stratton, and Will Wright. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Dan Coverly speaking. From Hollywood. It's time now for... Johnny Dollar. This is Jim Paris at Worldwide Mutual. Don't tell me, Jim. Let me guess. Huh? What are you talking about? The reason you call me, I can smell the smoke all the way over here at my apartment. Oh, Also, well... I heard something about the fire on a news broadcast a few minutes ago. Yes. Somewhere out on Albany Avenue, he said. Yes, it's the cash and save market over the other side of town. And since your company insured it, you want me to go over and take a look? A good look, Johnny. You thinking of possible arson? I am. Okay, why? That store is just one of a chain. Hartford, Boston, Providence, Springfield, Lowell. Yeah, yeah, I see. But how does that make it arson? This is the fourth one to go up in as many weeks. Oh. The outfit that owns them having financial troubles? The outfit that owns them is one man. Oh. 
John Wakefield Carson. Then I repeat my question. Johnny, if he is burning up his own markets, if you can prove it, you can save our company a lot of money. That might cost you a lot of money, Jim. What do you mean? Wait till you see my expense account. Bob Bailey in the exciting adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Worldwide Mutual Insurance Company Home Office, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Carson arson matter. Expense account item one, a dollar and a quarter for a taxi from my apartment to the offices of Worldwide, where I hoped Jim Paris could give me a little more to go on. He did. Very little. First loss four and a half weeks ago was the market up in Thompsonville. How much? Loss in Thompsonville, $41,204. That was the smallest one in the chain. Uh Uh-huh. The following week, the one over in Fall River burned to the ground. And the claim on that? Uh, some $58,000-odd. Nothing odd about that much, though. And the loss in Lowell was a bit over (laughs) $64,000. How much the claim will be on this one here in Hartford remains to be seen. How much coverage does he have on it? Around $100,000, I believe. Yes, 106,000. Well, then that's probably what he's going to claim. Look, you can still see the smoke out there. Yes, and the telephone report I just got says it looks like a total loss. Will you go over and take a look at it? John Wakefield Carson. That's right. His office is up in Boston. That's where his newest, biggest market is. Oh, how much insurance on that one? Nearly half a million. It's one of the largest, most modern supermarkets. I'd better get over and see him in a hurry. Hmm? You want me to get there before that one goes up, don't you? Expense account item two, four fifty for a cab to the scene of the fire way out on Albany Road. Three or four fire companies were hard at it, but it was easy to see there wasn't a chance of saving much. It struck me that this location, part of a brand new residential area, was about as far from an established fire company as it could be. I wondered for a moment if this was deliberate. I finally ran down Hal Gibbons, an old pal, and one of the best men an arson squad ever had. Stick your nose up in the air and take a deep one, Johnny. You smell it? Well, it's not kerosene, Hal. I don't think it's gasoline either. No, but it's something highly inflammable. The boys of that chemical truck could get it out. Might learn something. First, these stores always stock a lot of cleaning fluids, stuff like that. Most of them are not inflammable. Well, how about... Johnny, look out! better move back away. Yeah. Must have got a pretty big start on the fireman, Hal. Sure, because it's so far out. It's like the markets in Thompsonville and Fall River. And Lowell, too. Oh. Kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? At this point, I'm more than just wondering, Johnny. Have you come up with anything? Those other towns are out of my bailiwick, but I know all the boys in the departments. Have they come up with anything? No. And that's why I feel I've got to get the first lead, if there is one, right here. Has old man Carson showed up No, not during any of the fires. He just sits calmly in his office in Boston, 
mutters something philosophical about the vagaries of fortune and lets it go at that. And files a big, fat insurance claim. I think I want to see that guy, Carson. I don't think it'll do you any good, but go to it. Know anything about his financial situation? He's loaded. Multimillionaire. And boy, what a queer one. What's that mean? A regular nut. Always quoting Shakespeare, the Bible, poetry by a good businessman. You sure he hasn't got some big investments, something like that, that went bad on him recently? I'm sure. There has to be some No, get reason. back, I tell you. you got to stay back in the line. You want to keep your job, you tell your chief I'm here, and I want to know why this fire got out of hand. Well, who's that? Now, look, miss, I got orders. Don't choke on them. It's all right, Jerry, I'll take care of her. Whatever you say, Mr. Gibbons, but I got it's orders. Okay. Well, Miss Carson, it looks like you're losing another market. This is the fourth one. The fourth one and a little over a... Hey, don't I know you? I'm afraid I haven't had the pleasure. Miss Margaret Carson, this is Johnny Dollar. The insurance investigator. Good. Now, maybe we'll get somewhere. Oh, this is... Walter. Walter! Uh, oh. Uh, yes, Margaret? My fiancé, Mr. Dollar. Walter Smitten. Smitten? Hello, Walter. Mr. Gibbon? Walter handles the legal end of things for Dad. Oh, I see. Next president of the company, Walter? I? In the grocery business? Oh, no. No, sir, thank you. The legal end is enough for me. What do you think about these fires? Four in a row. Well, if I were you, Mr. Dollar, I'd suspect arson. Oh, Walter, for heaven's sake. Why, Walter? Mm -hmm. Someone trying to put Mr. Carson out of business, something like that. Put father out of business with a couple of fires? <laughs> Miss Carson... Come on, Walter, we've seen all we need to make the final report to Dad. Goodbye, Mr. Dollar. Carol. Yeah, uh, see ya. Like a motive, Johnny? That Walter character? If he marries Margaret Carson, then he doesn't seem to like the grocery business. Yeah, but if he could get the money from it. Yeah, I see what you mean. Two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Our flag now numbers 50 stars. And behind each star, there stands yet another flag representing one of the 50 states. South Dakota's state flag was inspired by a song, South Dakota is the Sunshine State. A stenographer named Ida Anding designed the flag with a sky blue background and a blazing sun in the center. And the words, South Dakota, the Sunshine State, in gold around the sun. Later, the state seal was inserted over the sun, a seal representing mining and agriculture, the prime pursuits of the state. The state's banner also carries the motto, Under God, the People Rule. South Dakota state flag, the flag of the 40th state to enter the Union, was adopted on March 8, 1909. And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Carson Arson Matter. Expense account item three twenty cents phone call from a booth near the scene of the fire. I wanted more information from Jim Paris at Worldwide Mutual. Information about the policies covering the 13 cash-and-save markets, four of which had recently gone up in flames. I waited in the phone booth until Jim called me back. Johnny Dollar. Jim here. Oh, good. All right, here's the list of markets, Johnny, in the order of insurance coverage, starting with the smallest amount. Go ahead. Thompsonville... Fall River, Lowell, Hartford. That's the same order in which they burn. Exactly. Okay. 
Which remaining store has the next biggest coverage? Salem. Okay, I'll start with Salem. What are you thinking of, Johnny? It's just a hunch, Jim, but... Well, I'll call you later. Item four, five dollars and a quarter for a cab back to my apartment. Item five, twenty-one dollars even, mileage in my own car, Hartford to Salem, Mass. Despite burning up the highway, it was almost dark when I pulled into Salem. It was well after dark when I finally located the cash and save market. Again, the store was far outside of town, and it was a long way from the nearest firehouse. I don't know exactly why I went there instead of the main office in Boston. After all, it was the same day as the Hartford fire, and the others had all been about a week apart. As I said before, call it a hunch. But as I pulled up in front of the place, I saw the shadow of a man dart furtively around the back of the building. As I reached the far corner of the building, I stopped. But with only the sliver of a crescent moon, I could see no one. Somewhere ahead of me, I heard a door open. Then silence again. But somebody had entered that building. Slowly, cautiously, I felt my way along the wall. And then I came to it. An open door. Storeroom. But inside it was pitch black. I drew my gun and carefully, quietly fell around for a light switch. After stumbling gently against a big packing case, I found it. I hunched down behind the case and flicked it on. All right, where are you? I heard you. I saw you come in here. Now, look, I got a gun, so don't try anything funny. You hear me? Where are you? Right huh? over your head! Oh! I must have been out a long time. I came to lying on a cot in the back room of Salem Police Headquarters. Couple of gallon jars. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Well, it was a couple of big gallon jars of kosher pickles that he dropped on top of your head. He, officer? Well, I'd like to split your head open. So he brought you in here to headquarters and had the doc look you over. Up. Easy now. Oh, yes, sir. Well, doc says no permanent harm done. He'll give you a shot to make you sleep and rest. Now, how about this cup of hot coffee? Yeah, sure. And about a dozen aspirins. My head feels like... There you are. Thanks. But you... You said he... Well, according to him, you left yourself wide open when you sneaked in there after him. And then to turn on the lights. Son, you've got a lot to learn. Okay, so I pulled a bubble. But do you know who it was that slugged me? Of course, son. He brought you here. Who? Owner of the market. What? Mr. John Wakefield Carson. Item six, two dollars, more mileage on my car. This time down to Boston in the main office of Cash and Save Markets. To the private office of John Wakefield Carson. Please be calm of mind. All passion spent, Mr. Dollar. What? That's from Milton. Please sit down. <sighs> now look, Mr. Carson, about last night... Vadoc plays tricks upon us all. It did so in bringing us together last night. How did you know I was going to investigate that market of yours up in Salem? Well, I didn't know. But look, you young man. Yeah? The fires which destroyed those four markets did so in order their value to me. So I found out. Well, possibly then the next to go would be the store in Salem. For that indeed is next in order of value. It figures. 
Or perhaps it was mere coincidence those accidents occurred in that order. Accidents? Remember, coincidence breeds further coincidence. That's a quotation from Brasco. Now listen to me, Mr. Carson. For that reason, I decided to inspect the Salem store myself. Inspect it, huh? To make sure there'd be no possibility of spontaneous combustion there. Let's get one thing straight right now, Mr. Carson. Uh, yes? I think those fires were set... And if you'll come down to earth... Possible, I suppose. It was Shakespeare who said, fire answers fire. Oh, for... Through their paley flames, each sees the other's umbered face. Listen to me, will you? Uh, oh, of course. I think you set those fires, or had them set. By Mr. Dobbs. I think you were going to burn down the store in Salem until I came along. When I saw you there, I thought that was your intent. Oh, sure, sure. All right, tell me this. What do you plan to do with the insurance money, if you get it? Rebuild? Bigger and better stores where the old ones stood? No. Or did you find out you hadn't made them big and modern enough for those real estate developments where they were located and decided the cheapest way for you to do... No. To build again where tragic dealt the fate. Forget the fancy quotes and answer my question. Shakespeare said you tread upon my patience, sir. Look. It's most enough to make a deacon swear. Answered by James Russell. Mr. Carson. What disposition of the funds I choose to make is mine alone to settle? And from my heart. Carson, enough. I've had enough of this. Now be on your way. No, wait a minute. Be gone, Dollar. And irk me now no more. Now you wait. From your heart, you said. Now I have said enough. Henceforth, my lips are sealed. Okay, okay. But you know something? I think you've told me who might have set those fires. And if you'll answer me just one more question. No? Okay, we'll see. Act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, in a moment. Sometimes we may wonder why a football team doesn't quit playing and walk off the field when it finds itself 50 points behind with only a few minutes of play to go. What is that indomitable spirit that fills men with hope and keeps them going in spite of terrific odds? Keeps them going just to play the game according to the rules, just to get the job done as well as they know how. This kind of spirit pervaded the feelings of heavy bomber crews of the Ninth Air Force on that day of glory, August 1st, 1943. The day of one of the most secretly planned surprise bombing missions of World War II. The day of the low-level attack on the Romanian oil refineries at Ploeste. More than 170 B-24 heavily loaded bombers took off in a swirl of red dust from Benghazi, Libya to bomb a highly defended priority target. The element of surprise in the low-level attack was to be one of their greatest weapons. But things went wrong from the start. Three planes exploded during takeoff operations. Eleven more aborted due to engine trouble. Of those that reached the target area, less than one-third returned to home base. The leaders of the mission encountered navigation difficulties and difficulty in identifying the specific targets. And due to the loss of that elemental hope, surprise, they also encountered devastating enemy firepower from flak and fighters. The mission was partially successful, but a horrifying experience. Five medals of honor were awarded to the heroes of the Ploeste raid for valorous action above and beyond the call of duty. At any time, the men would have been justified in turning back. But they had a code of conduct that made them want to see the unequal game through to the end. It was a job that had to be done. A charge of the light brigade in the air as they flew down the valley of death. 
to glory. And now, Act Three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Carson Arson Matter. Expense account item 780 cents. Phone call to Hal Gibbons and the arson squad back in Hartford. Yeah, Johnny, I finally found plenty in the remains of that fire. Then it was arson. By some rank amateur. That's why it was hard to spot. What do you mean? When a pro sets a blaze, we know what to look for. I see. Now, what about the other three fires? I called the boys in those cities immediately. Heard back from them this morning. Same story. All right. Have you checked on Walter... What's his name? The fiancé of Carson's daughter? You mean stepdaughter. Stepdaughter? I have, and that's what stops me. Alibis, huh? Perfect. Walter Smitten couldn't possibly have started those fires. I didn't think so. Huh? Now, that boy may call himself a lawyer, Hal, but he just hasn't the nerve, the gumption. But who else? He stands to benefit if he marries Margaret Carson. And surely you don't think Carson himself... Johnny? Call the Boston police, will you? Have them meet me at Carson's office. What for? Maybe to make an arrest. Do that for me, will you? Hunch? Maybe it was more than a hunch now. Sure, I know there was no real clues in the case, but maybe for once I could get along without them. I went back to Carson's office and, I must confess, tried a little bluff. Caught? You'd hail me into court? That's right. Unless you open up and tell me what I want to know. Very well. Speak to me as to thy thinkings, as thou dost... And you can forget the quotations. Walter Smitten is your lawyer, isn't he? A timid but an eager lad who saved me many a fall. You like him? Like a son. Why would he were my son? Or as the Bible says, a wise son maketh a happy... All right, all right. Uh, Oh, yes, yes. You have a stepdaughter, Margaret. Alas, I have. Okay. Now, who is to get the insurance money you may collect? Well, that, sir, is none of your concern. You're going to talk now, Mr. Carson, but or it's in support? it's a family matter. Who gets it? I... I pledged to my wife before she died that Margaret would have all monies from any profit, any monetary gain of any kind, of any of my ventures. That would include the insurance money. I see. That, Mr. Dollar, was my pledge, and oh, how I have rued it. Why do you say that? She's not of my blood, Mr. Dollar. She has no soul for art or poetry. And since she's come of age, she's made so many demands upon me. Money, money, money. That's all she thinks of. And unlike Walter, she's so bold, aggressive, headstrong. Were it not for Walter, I'd mistrust her every move. But if he's in love with her... Because she demands he be. And why? So she can use his legal guidance in her fight to take this business away from me. All right, Mr. Carson. I haven't notified the authorities yet, but I've found proof that Margaret is the one who started those fires. You what? And you just told me why. Because the money would go to her. Oh, Mr. Dollar, I'm glad. I've suspected, yes. But because of family honor... No, 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 I'm glad you have proof. Long last it will take her. Take this millstone from about my neck. Proof, huh? Margaret. Well, Dolly, you'll never live to tell the authorities. Margaret, that, that gun. Unless you'd like to make a deal, Johnny. It'd be worth a lot of money to you. I'd even promise not to set any more fires. Oh, you were right, Mr. Dollar. Unless I'm mistaken, Margaret, the man who just came in... What man? ...who heard your little confession is from the police department. Are you trying to make me look around so you can grab for this gun? Oh, no. 
Fact remains, he's standing right in back of you. That's right, Margaret. No. No. Oh, my hand. My hand. Oh, my hand. How sharper than a serpent's tooth is an ungrateful child. Yeah, the company will have to pay on those four markets. And the courts will have to take care of market. I'm sure they will. And next time, well, give me something clean to work on, will you? I hate this kind of stuff. Expense account total, including the trip home, $56.90. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Our star will return in just a moment. Our flag now numbers 50 stars, and behind each star there stands yet another flag representing one of the 50 states. Oklahoma's state flag depicts an Osage warrior's circular buckskin shield from which hang seven eagle feathers. Across the shield is the Indian's calumet, or pipe of peace, crossed with a white man's peace symbol, the olive branch. On the shield are small crosses, the Indian's graphic sign for stars, indicating lofty ideals or a purpose for high endeavor. The background of the flag is a field of blue, the blue of the Oklahoma sky, signifying loyalty and devotion. The important symbols, however, are the calumet and the olive branch. These override the shield, the symbol of war, and bespeak a predominant love of peace by a united people. Oklahoma state flag, the flag of the 46th state to enter the Union, was adopted on April 2nd, 1925. Now, here's our star to tell you about next week's story. Next week, the Rolling Stone matter. Remember that old saying about a Rolling Stone? Well, it applies here, with a vengeance. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Starring Bob Bailey originates in Hollywood and is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone, who also wrote today's story. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Byron Kane, Harry Bartell, Jack Edwards, Joe Kearns, and Forrest Lewis. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. <laughs>